0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On Monday night this week, you might have caught the edition of the Q&A program on the ABC. It featured the Canadian psychologist Jordan Peterson. It was, by and large, a lively and courteous discussion and there were a lot of Christians who would have been cheering for the conservative positions that Jordan Peterson seems so almost uniquely able to articulate when he's under pressure. But there were lots of dimensions to that discussion worthy of opening up, including the idea that Marxists can be Christians too. Now, if you didn't catch the program, a little explanation as we go as we welcome Bill Muhlenberg back for another Culture Watch segment on 2020. Welcome along, Bill. Great to be back. Bill, there were lots of dimensions. Uh, Some listeners may not even be very familiar with Jordan Peterson. He is making a splash around the world because he's so adequately able to answer uh, the left-wing positions on so many issues. What were your thoughts for his appearance on the ABC this week?
1: Yeah, uh, well, he did a very good job. Um, Canadian psychologist who... uh, has zillions of it seems YouTube followers, especially, where his lengthy talks are posted, and millions of followers. he seems to especially be helping young men, uh, boys in a well in a very anti-male culture to uh, you know face life, deal with problems, take personal responsibility. So in terms of his practical advice, he gives a lot of good, solid stuff. Uh, often close to uh, biblical principles. He himself is not a Christian, uh, but contrary to so much of the wisdom of our uh, humanities departments today, which is almost entirely of the far left and with all kinds of bizarre theories from the transgender agenda and so on, he uh, comes from a more conservative point of view and exactly because he refused to bow down to the dictates of the Canadian government in terms of being forced to call a guy a she. If uh, he went that route of a trans uh, uh, operations and so on, he's he's become very famous indeed. uh, But he's certainly known for more than just that. But that's certainly been a big part of his kind of meteoric rise to fame in the last few years.
0: Bill I know you're not necessarily a fan of the ABC's Q&A program because it does usually appear to have such a left wing bent to it uh, that rarely is there any balance when it comes to a conservative opinion. Uh, what were your thoughts for the lineup that were on with him on Monday night?
1: Well, yes, like many, I'm I'm not a fan of the ABC in general and the Q&A in particular and haven't watched it for ages because it's so appallingly bad, so utterly taken over by the radical left that, uh, you know, and the worst thing is i got to fund it with my tax dollars. That's the grading part of it all. But I did watch the entire episode knowing that, well, look, if Jordan Peterson were the only person in the entire building, you know, the panel, the moderator, the audience, they almost always are all left, Uh, he would still do very well indeed, and that's exactly what happened. He handled very well his many critics. Uh, The so-called moderator, Tony Jones, is, of course, a person of the left. We had a number of uh, decidedly left-wing, even Marxist fellow panelists, and plenty in the audience, of course, were of the left. So, in a sense, it was your typical ABC hatchet job, bringing one or two token conservatives, uh, pretend you're offering a balanced and even-handed uh, program, and, uh, you know, <laughs> push the leftist agenda anyways. But as I say, Peterson is more than able to take on a whole room full of lefties and still uh, uh, conduct himself very well indeed and make the case that he wants to. So, uh uh, he did quite well. He had some, uh, you know, there were some setups, which even he was aware of, even beforehand, given that the trans issue has been something he's so noted, noted for. Uh, well, surprise, surprise, what did uh, Q&A do but to put on one of Australia's most well-known trans activists and have him sit right next to Jordan. So, you know, typical ABC, but uh, Jordan did very well through it all.
0: It did make for sensational television if you are right into these debates, and there were a lot of issues covered, and let's not get into some of those issues that even you raise as you do now. Let's get into an issue that came up right at the end of the program where the final question was asking each of the panellists whether they believed in God. And it was a very direct question, and a direct response was anticipated from each of the panelists. What were your thoughts for some of the controversial things that some of the panelists gave as their response?
1: Yes, that was uh, interesting. Uh, As we said, Peterson himself is not a Christian. He's quite open about that. However, he's very open to uh, the biblical worldview, certainly the Judeo-Christian worldview. He often talks and writes about the Bible and the biblical storyline. He uh, says he wants to live as if God exists, so at best we could say he's agnostic. Uh, And as I always keep saying, we need to pray for Peterson, that he comes into the kingdom. Uh, Probably 80% of the stuff he says is already in line with basic Christian truth claims and ethics. So it would be neat. Uh, You know, we think of others like Andrew Boat here in Melbourne also in the same camp, not a Christian, but would be neat if they became Christians, obviously. Um, The others were an interesting mix. The labor uh, party Gow admitted to being agnostic. Uh, We had a liberal MP who did say he was a Christian. We had the trans person uh, claiming to be a a person of faith, Uh, and probably the, the one that... May have raised the most eyebrows, so much so that I wrote an entire article on it. It was a left wing feminist uh, Marxist who writes for The Guardian newspaper, who, you know, gave this very glib and often heard line Oh, I'm a Marxist and a Christian. Or in her case, she said, I'm a Catholic and a Marxist, and the two are fully reconcilable and we get along just fine and i'm fully committed to each uh... which even the liberal mp said i'm not sure if you can be both at the same time well he was quite right and as i wrote in a recent piece uh... this is what's known as an oxymoron uh... two things in the same sentence that usually don't or can't go together so i tried to point out the very fundamental differences between the Christian worldview and, of course, the Marxist worldview, not least of which Marx was a committed atheist who wanted to destroy all religion. And as you might gather, Christianity is a theistic religion. So uh, on so many levels, there's nothing to compare between the two but this young feminist female was quite happy to say oh yeah yeah this is they're one in the same if you're a christian you should be a marxist so interesting stuff
0: so bill you would say that type of comment uh, was either the uh, the epitome of stupidity or was it in some sense a master stroke that appeals to people who have a marxist bent to suggest that christians can be a part of this whole thing what are your thoughts on uh, on whether or not actually it may have been intentional
1: well i'm i'm sure this gal for example like so many others are fully committed to this idea i would argue that they don't know the first thing about biblical christianity if they did they would not make such foolish claims to say it's identical with the marxist world view uh... but yeah look we've had a history as i write in my article as long as marxism has been around there have been those well two camps one those who are committed marxists who've said we need to co-op the churches we need to take over christianity if we want to succeed in taking over the West. So we've had plenty of those, but on the other hand, we've had plenty of clueless Christians who you know, have sung the praises of communism and said, oh, what a wonderful thing. So in my article, I mentioned a number of obvious suspects, uh, including one guy who was known as the Red Dean of Canterbury, <laughs> an Anglican uh, priest and Dean of Canterbury who gushed in his praises over the Soviet Union. He, he really believed heaven had come to earth and the Soviet Union under Lenin and Stalin and Khrushchev. And if you want to know what Christianity looks like, simply go to the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, this is just mind-boggling stuff, given that, uh, as Sochernitsyn and others have pointed out, something like 100, 000, 100 million hundred thousand, hundred million. Uh, people were killed in the name of godless communism, many in the Soviet Union. Uh, this is one of the most bloody, terrible tyrannies and dictatorships human history has ever known. And, of course, they, first of all, targeted the churches, pulled down churches, killed tens of thousands of priests and Christians. So for uh, clueless Westerners, the gush in their praises over something like the former Soviet Union as a the epitome of Christianity on Earth. Well, talk about clueless Christians, talk about deception, and talk about, uh, well, what uh, Lenin used to describe as useful idiots. They're very useful in singing the praises of communism, but once we get in power, they'll be the first to lose their heads.
0: Bill, for that person listening to us now saying, of course, I'm a Christian believer and my allegiance is to Jesus Christ. I want to be more Christ-like. And yet uh, they find themselves flirting with uh, the Marxist communist ideologies, which are becoming so much more prominent now. What do you say to that Christian about those ideas of flirting with Marxism?
1: Yeah, well, it's a real problem. Certainly the millennials in America, we're seeing this big time. People going with socialists like Bernie Sanders and uh, Octavio Cortez, who are both hardcore radical left socialists. And a lot of young people seem to be soaking it up. Well, well, we need another uh, entire discussion on this one as well, but I have done some pieces on it you know the idea that we should be compassionate care for the poor you know share with the needy well sure that's all 100% biblical no no problems there at all the question is how is it best achieved of course in socialism the state confiscates your wealth your personal property Uh, and distributes it as it sees fit. When Jesus talked about looking after the poor, he never talked about let the state do it. He said, you do it. You, out of your own resources, you help those in need. Help your neighbor. And of course, all that presumes uh, things like private property, which is the heart of the free market, and it's the very antithesis of communism or socialism. So the end result of wanting to help the poor and needy to show compassion, yeah, that's Christian, uh, but the Marxists have tried to co-op that, but uh, sorry, using the the instrumentality of the state and confiscating uh, the wealth of individuals to give as it chooses, and of course, uh, as we know from history, usually the overwhelming bulk of the what's been confiscated goes to a handful of leaders who live in luxury, and the masses still suffer in poverty and destitution. So, uh, look, there's a big difference between the Christian ethic of how we help the poor and how we think of wealth and poverty and the Marxist version.
0: Well, Bill, I'll point people to a couple of articles that you've written this past week and uh, might add that they are important articles given the subject matter and given the seriousness of some of the concerns here and particularly as people are moving in different ideological directions in an election year. Uh, I'll point to people to BillMuhlenberg.com And uh, you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word, to get a hold of those articles. One of those is called Jordan Peterson to the Rescue. And the other one is, you can't be a Christian Marxist, though plenty have tried. com or Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them again today with us on 2020.
1: Always a pleasure.